Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want to thank Richie V, Mr. Call Screener, for filling in on Rosh Hashanah on Friday. You can see I've been very busy. Uh, we interviewed the president. We uh, recorded it on Thursday. It ran on Sunday on uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. Um, different kind of interview, long-form interview, where I actually let the president finish his answer to my questions. Uh, I don't pretend to be a journalist because journalism today is a truly a dastardly so-called profession. They've destroyed it. And I admit what I am. I'm an advocate for liberty, for the Constitution, for the country, for faith, and for family. It's that simple. Just like the founders of the country and the framers of the Declaration and the Constitution. All right, I want to set a baseline here, and then I want to move on to something that's very, very important. What's actually taking place, the bigger picture. There is nothing wrong with the president nominating somebody to the Supreme Court now and with the Senate voting up or down now. That's what the Constitution compels. There's absolutely nothing in the Constitution that supports any of the arguments you're hearing by the Democrats or the media or their surrogates today. Nothing. There's nothing in America's jurisprudential traditions or customs that support anything the Democrats are demanding today. Nothing. Quite the contrary, as I pointed out on Hannity's show on Thursday night, the evidence, the facts, are the opposite. On 29 separate occasions, presidents of the Whig Party of the Democrat-Republican Party, that is the Federalists, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, 
throughout our history have nominated candidates to the Supreme Court in the last year of their first term or the last year of their second term before a general election. Some of them have even done so after the election in which they would no longer be President of the United States. 29 different occasions and in every instance, every single instance, a president made a nomination. 22 out of 44 presidents before President Trump, now 23 out of 45, actually were involved in making the nominations. So half the presidents of the United States, now more than half, have nominated individuals to the Supreme Court in the uh, final year of their first or second terms uh, before a general election. More than half. 23 out of 45 now, once Trump does it. What the Democrats are demanding and what the media are demanding, what former Obama and Clinton officials are demanding, is that this president change course. It doesn't matter what Washington did or Adams did or Jefferson did. It doesn't matter what Lincoln did or Grant did or FDR did or Obama did. They are insisting that this president not make a nomination. They say it's unfair. They say he's trying to jam or ram or cram, their words, somebody onto the Supreme Court. They're trying to convince you that this is unfair and unjust. That complying with the Constitution, that following the precedent, and the only precedent of past presidents, of all parties, is somehow an act of constitutional perversion. When in fact, if this president does not make a nomination, he will be the only president under these circumstances to do so. And why? To what end? Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Constitution of the United States is our Constitution. The Democrat Party doesn't get to change it because they demand power. The Democrat Party doesn't get to make threats and intimidate and encourage violence and inflame riots, which is exactly what they and their surrogates are doing. Because they wish to change the Constitution without an amendment. That's unacceptable. So what the president is doing is traditional and constitutional. And if the Senate Republicans vote to confirm, it's traditional and constitutional. We've had instances among those 29 cases with 22 presidents where a president of one party makes a nomination and the Senate's controlled by another party and they vote it down or they don't consider it. You saw that with Obama. So we have a history of that. We also have a history of a president of the same party as the majority in the Senate making the nomination and the confirmation taking place. So nothing that would take place here is extraordinary. Nothing. And yet listen to the news. Watch the Democrats. Listen to Joe Biden and what he's reading. So the normal, the routine... 
the constitutional becomes unfair and unjust and perverse. What's going on here? The Democrats have already threatened, before the passing of Ginsburg, to pack the court. They've been threatening it all summer. That's not giving the kind of attention it deserves. That's tyranny. The Democrats have already threatened and intend to eliminate the filibuster rule as it applies to legislation. That's not giving the attention it deserves. They don't call that unjust or unfair or undermining the checks and balances that are necessary as a matter of custom and tradition. No complaint there. Gentlemen, the Democrat Party is trying to take over the country. It is trying to change the rules where it has permanent power. It wishes to replace its party with uh, with the Constitution with the party. It wishes to control all the instrumentalities of the government. That's exactly what's going on. The Democrat Party's making threats. It's intimidating. It's inflaming violence. It is trying to take over the country and take over the system. Like the Marxists. They want to eliminate opposition. They want to eliminate checks and balances. They want to eliminate limited powers and divided powers, which is the heart and soul of our constitutional republic. Absolute power. Chuck Schumer said, Chuck Schumer said, that if Donald Trump, the president for four years, nominates somebody to Supreme Court while he's the sitting president, And the Republican Senate, while they have the majority, vote to confirm a justice to the Supreme Court. Schumer said everything is on the table. Everything is on the table. Does the Constitution give the Senate, let alone one senator... The power to, quote, put everything on the table, whatever that means. What does that mean? These are the words of a fascist, of a brown shirt, of a totalitarian. Everything is on the table. I quote him, quote, unquote. Everything is on the table. The Constitution determines what's on the table. And to what end is everything on the table? absolute power the Democrat party is making a move on the country it's making a move on our system of government it's making a move specifically on the Supreme Court of the United States it's going to make a move on the legislative branch when it eliminates the filibuster rule the Democrat party Everything is on the table, meaning your liberty, meaning our founding principles. It is the party of the 1619 Project that rejects our Constitution and our principles. 
It rejects 1776. It rejects the founders. It rejects the, the Declaration and the Constitution. They've told us this. Because you see, we're systemically racist. Systemically unequal. Systemically unfree. And so all the limits placed on the power of the Democrat Party, which has gone extreme radical left, are of no consequence anymore. They've laid the foundation. They believe the Democrat Party wishes to take over the country, the government. Its focus right now is on the Supreme Court of the United States. And the media are filled with so many fools and buffoons, if not advocates. It's embarrassing and it's dangerous. You keep hearing the media say, there are five conservatives on the court, and if the president gets one more, it's six to three. First of all, we don't have conservatives on the court. We have constitutionalists on the court. It's not about the conservative philosophy. It's about whether or not you're going to apply the Constitution to the law and the facts. That's not conservative. It's not liberal. It's the only way you're supposed to interpret the Constitution. Any other way is illegitimate. Any other way is bastardizing the rule of law. That's exactly what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did. I'm sure she was a lovely lady. She was close friends with the Scalias and so forth. But what does that have to do with the manner in which she adjudicated cases? And so the president wants to nominate. And most of the Senate Republicans want to vote on whether to confirm or not, which is exactly what the Constitution requires. And why should we wait for the Democrats? Which have already told us they're going to eliminate the Electoral College the first chance they get. They're going to eliminate the Second Amendment the first chance they get. They've already eliminated the Tenth Amendment, part of the First Amendment, when free exercise of religion... The Constitution for the Democrat Party today is nothing but a fig leaf through which to drive its anti-constitutional, anti-American agenda. That's exactly what it is. So what you are watching, what you are listening to, is the effort by the Democrat Party to control the country, the court, all aspects of this government. It's exactly why they're pushing mail-in voting to crash the system, to fill the void, and to demand the presidency. We have not faced this kind of threat against our nation and against our liberty since the Civil War. The same party that sought to destroy this country, seeks to destroy it again. With a different ideology, with different tactics, but nonetheless, the goal is to destroy the core principles and the liberty that you enjoy. And when I hear that the suburbs are soft on Trump, and when I hear, oh, Donald Trump, said this about the military, or Donald Trump didn't do this about the coronavirus. While the Marxist fascism is swirling around us by a political party 
that dishonors the men and women who have fought for our liberty over the centuries, that trashes this country at every turn. I am ashamed, and I am shocked at how many of our fellow citizens are falling for this. God help us. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time. Because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in. Whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Primus. 5.4 million Americans receive Primus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Another little trick you're hearing from the media is that both sides are hypocritical. They've said nominate, don't nominate, vote, don't vote. What do they mean both sides? Donald Trump is the president of the United States. He said he's going to follow the Constitution and make a nomination. He hasn't been hypocritical at all. He never said a president should or shouldn't. He's following the Constitution. He's the main actor here. He hasn't said anything or done anything that's hypocritical at all. Joe Biden's actually been on three sides of this issue. Against, for, and then against. Because he wants to make the nomination. And then he wraps himself in the Constitution. The President of the United States is very straightforward about this. The Constitution says I should make a nomination and I'm going to make a nomination. I'm the President. I was elected. All kinds of cockamamie arguments are being put forward by the Democrats and hence the Democrat Party media to try and create confusion and static. It's a really straight-up process. But the Democrats are trying to take over the country. The Republicans aren't threatening everything is on the table. The Republicans have been in power in the Senate. Did they eliminate the filibuster rule? No. The Republicans haven't proposed eliminating the Electoral College or any other the uh, efforts to destroy our Constitution that the Democrats are telling you up front they intend to do. I'll be right back. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Primus. 5.4 million Americans receive Primus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. conservative fire the mark levin show call in now at 877-381-3811 all of this should infuriate you infuriate you that we have a political party that seeks the evisceration of this country as we know it Pack the court means they want to take over the Supreme Court. Why? Because they believe in the Constitution? No. They want to implement their political agenda and their personal policy preferences. So they want to destroy the institution and the independence of the Supreme Court. Destroy it. They are in the midst of destroying the electoral system. And if they can't get what they want, they will destroy the Electoral College. They've told us this. The Constitution means nothing to you if you do not believe in 1776 and then uh, 1787, but instead believe in 1619. You've heard this all spring and summer long. What a, a horrific nation this is. And so they want to destroy it and start over. And so they want to replace George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison with Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Dick Durbin, AOC, Talib, Omar, That's what we're talking about here. Democrats who are kind of leaning toward Biden or unsure. Independents leaning toward Biden or unsure. And Republicans leaning toward Biden or unsure. If we lose this country, it's because of you. It's because you do not understand the seriousness of this election. This election is not about tweets. This election is not even about the candidates. This is election about your children and grandchildren. It's about your family. It's about you as an individual. What kind of country do you want to live in? They don't believe in equality on the left. They believe in uniformity. 
Uniformity is much different than equality. They don't believe in individual liberty on the left. They believe in the crushing control of government. That's why you have massive tax increases and regulations. The elimination of choice, whether it's school or health care. This is a tyrannical party, the Democrat Party. You may be a member, but it has changed. It doesn't believe in free speech. You've been witness to that over the last several months. If you dare to hold a contrary opinion, you're going to have your brains beaten in. There are brown shirts all over the place. Like the Third Reich in our streets. Going into the cafes. Hitting people. Beating people. Screaming at people. Those are brown shirts. We've seen them throughout our history. And for most of the summer, the Democrat Party sat silently. And those in the Democrat Party that didn't sit silently aided and abetted it by attacking the police as stormtroopers, as Gestapo, as secret police. The Democrat Party, you just heard Chuck Schumer. Everything's on the table. In a republic, everything is never on the table. Everything's on the table? Chuck Schumer has just told you that the plan of the Democrats in the Senate is to destroy the Supreme Court and turn it into a Democrat Politburo. Where it will rule, predictably, against the Constitution... And for this Marxist agenda. There's no longer any question about the independence of the Supreme Court under the Democrats. You may recall it wasn't that long ago when Chuck Schumer actually threatened two Supreme Court justices. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Threatened them that if they didn't rule the right way on DACA. I believe that was the subject. That there would be a price to pay. These are the words of a fascist. So if the president and the Republicans follow the Constitution, everything's on the table, including the Constitution. Eliminate the filibuster rule. You know, the irony here is this. When the Democrats were in the minority or didn't have a big enough majority in the Senate, they used the filibuster like it had never been used in American history against circuit court nominees by George W. Bush. We talked about this briefly the other day. Never been done before. And the leader of the pack was Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, Ted Kennedy. When they took over the Senate with a big enough majority, that very same filibuster rule that they used to stop all these circuit judges, they eliminated. The rule they used, they eliminated because now they were in the majority. And they wanted to ram through as many judges as they could for Barack Obama. That's exactly what they did. Now what they're saying is, if you dare to follow the Constitution, nominate and confirm a replacement for Ginsburg, we will, as the Black Lives Matter punk Mobsters said in New York, we will burn the system down. 
The Democrat Party has its paramilitary wing. The Democrat Party has its propagandists in the media. And now the Democrat Party legislatively is prepared to do exactly what's happening in the streets, but politically, burn the system down. We are under attack. The law-abiding, tax-paying citizens of this country who revere the founding, who look up to the founders, who embrace the Declaration and the Constitution, who believe in separation of powers and limited government, we are under attack. The system is under attack. The Democrat Party wants to replace the Constitution with the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party wants to replace the Supreme Court with the Democrat Party. They've already succeeded in taking over most of the media and academia. Now they're in for the kill. Now what am I talking about? Let me crack open one of my books because all these books I've written really lay it all out and provide the warning. Woodrow Wilson was a racist and a segregationist. And he was also a progressive. And just so you folks in the audience know, you might say, how is that possible? It's very possible because Marx was a racist too. Because the very Democrat Party that claims to be the savior of African Americans and Hispanic Americans and Asian Americans and minorities across the country has been the party of servitude and oppression for much of its early history. That's why we fought a civil war against the Democrat Party. Woodrow Wilson was one of the brainchilds, one of the so-called intellectuals of the progressive movement. The progressive movement is an offshoot of uh, Hegelism, Rousseauism, and Marxism. And he wrote, in part, that the federal courts are not bound to the Constitution. He said, quote, the weightiest import of the matter is seen only when it is remembered that the courts are the instruments of the nation's growth and that the way in which they serve that use will have much to do with the integrity of every national process. If they determine what powers are to be exercised under the Constitution, they by the same token determine also the adequacy of the Constitution in respect of the needs and interests of the nation. Our conscience in matters of law and our opportunity in matters of politics are in their hands. And basically he's saying that the only legitimate opinions the federal courts can render are those that endorse, the, promote the expansion of federal power. This is an emeritopia. He wrote, Wilson did, quote, that if they had interpreted the Constitution in its strict letter, as some proposed, and not in its spirit, like the charter of a business corporation and not like the charter of a living government, the vehicle of a nation's life, it would have proved a straitjacket, a means not of liberty and development, but of mere restriction and embarrassment. So I ask, what then should guide federal judges, if not the Constitution? Apparently they are uniquely wise, innate wisdom. Wilson wrote, quote, What we should ask of our judges is that they prove themselves such men as can discriminate between the opinion of the moment and the opinion of the age, between the opinion which springs a legitimate essence 
from the enlightened judgment of men of thought and good conscience, and the opinion of desire, self-interest, of impulse, and impatience. So, in other words, he's saying the purpose of the judiciary is to sanction, if not clear the path, for the extra-constitutional actions of the federal government, especially the president. Wilson argued for a judicial oligarchy that would, in essence, sanction the rewriting of the Constitution. Now you know why they're fighting so hard. In fact, so difficult are the Constitution's amendment processes, I write, that the courts are encouraged to circumvent them and to be praised when they do. Wilson wrote, the character of the process of constitutional adaption depends first of all upon the wise or unwise choice of statesmen, but ultimately and chiefly upon the option and purpose of the courts. The chief instrumentality by which the law of the Constitution has been extended to cover the facts of national development has, of course, been judicial interpretation, that is, the decision of the courts. The process of formal amendment of the Constitution was made so difficult, he wrote, by the provisions of the Constitution itself, that it has seldom been feasible to use it. And the difficulty of formal amendment has undoubtedly made the courts more liberal, not to say more lax, in their interpretation than they would otherwise have been. He wrote, the whole business of adaption has been theirs, and they have undertaken it with open minds, sometimes even with boldness and a touch of audacity. In other words, he's making the case for a massively activist court that promotes a massively progressive agenda. That's where the modern Democrats get it from, Woodrow Wilson. They wish to advance their takeover of the country and the government, and the Supreme Court. Donald Trump stands in their way, so they seek to destroy him. An appointment to the Supreme Court stands in their way, so they seek to destroy the court. They sought to remove Donald Trump after 2016, rejecting the peaceful change in power from one party to the other. They tried a coup. They tried a criminal investigation. They tried impeachment. And now they simply want to prevent Trump from winning under any circumstances. They don't care about the Constitution unless they can use it to advance their cause and then quickly reject it. I'll be right back. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time. Because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in. Whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached, 
Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. The Democrats want to pack the Supreme Court with radicals. They want to pack the Senate with Democrats so it's impossible for Republicans to ever get a majority. They want to destroy the Electoral College and they want to destroy the voting system this election. And I'm told and I read that the suburbs are are moving towards Biden. You ever wonder how a nation commits suicide? You... You look at history and you say, how could a country do this? How could Rome do this to itself? How could Athens do this to itself? Athens first, Rome second. How could Germany do this to itself? And we're doing it to ourselves right now. Unless we, the great masses, stand up and we're going to need Democrats and independents and wavering Republicans. Unless we stand up and defy all that's taking place. We're the ones who are going to have to live with it. You think you're punishing Donald Trump? You're punishing yourselves. You're punishing the future. You're punishing your children and your grandchildren. Everything that's been fought for over the decades. Everything. You're going to hand it over to a one-party system, a tyranny. And they're telling you what they intend to do with your republic. They intend to destroy it. I want to remind you. Professors galore, brainwashing our kids. Piven and Cloward, I told you about this. They said the way to advance the counter-revolution, disrupt the protests, disobedience, incendiarians, riots, sit-ins, civil unrest. This is them. Social movements thrive on conflict. Dissensus, not consensus, dissensus. Periodic convulsions. Realignments. You're watching this take place in the halls of Congress, in newsrooms, and in the streets. It's not us, it's them. I'll be back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 3811. You want to talk about systemic? How about we talk about systematic? One of the issues here is education in our country, particularly at the higher levels, has become systematic indoctrination. It is unmoored from our history, it is unmoored from faith, it's unmoored from morality. And so there's a vacuum. 
that gets filled with the Marxist anarchist propaganda. That's what happens. What about the press? Well, I wrote a whole book on it. But let me just point this out. The press. The press doesn't really like discussion. In fact, it minimizes discussion. And there's much to indicate this, isn't there? And what about journalism? The press. They love quarreling. They love fights. They become sensationalistic as well as social activists. And they do not want these fights to end. So these fights are infinite in numbers and length. Helps ratings. It turns no names and nobodies into recognized figures. And you see this taking place. Now you would think with all this Supreme Court talk that Joe Biden wouldn't get away with hiding a list of potential nominees from the American people 40 some days before the election with a vacancy on the Supreme Court. Joe Biden has said Trump shouldn't nominate, meaning Joe Biden expects to steal the presidency by hook or by crook, and he wants to nominate. And Schumer hopes to take the Senate, where he can pack the Supreme Court and pack the Senate, and have power for the rest of his life. Marxist propaganda, fascistic tactics. And so with all this at stake, everything on the table to quote, Comrade Schumer, don't we have a right to know the candidates that Joe Biden will choose from before we cast our votes? Some of you are casting votes now, which seems kind of stupid because you don't have all the information you need to make a wise decision. But if Joe Biden is now claiming that after January and only after the election in a A new inauguration, should this matter be addressed, because he wants to address it, he wants to make the appointment, shouldn't we know in advance the list from which he will choose? Well, they came up with a completely fraudulent argument because they think you're stupid. They certainly know their base is stupid. Cut three, Mr. Producer, go. We can't keep rewriting history, scrambling norms, Ignoring our cherished system of checks and balances. Now, this is what happens. Uh, re-scrambling our norms from a guy who's got uh, scrambled brain cells. But that said, we conservatives, the president, the republic, we're not scrambling norms. That 110-page communist manifesto, that would not only scramble norms, that would turn this nation inside out. You'll never recognize it again. Systems of checks and balances, they're talking about Packing the Supreme Court and packing the Senate, for crying out loud. Eliminating the filibuster. There's your checks and balances. They have no respect for them whatsoever. Go ahead. That includes this whole business of releasing a list of potential nominees that I would put forward. So he doesn't want to release his list because that would somehow scramble norms 
and ignore our cherished system of checks and balances. It's nothing to do with anything. What is he talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, he has a list of candidates. The list is so appalling, so radical, that he doesn't want to release it. Because he knows that people will talk about it and it could hurt him in the voting booth. His list of candidates are candidates that Bernie Sanders and the red mob insist on. And yet he will not release the names. 43 days before the election. 43 days. We're almost there. And he says, I'm not going to release them because... Well, that's not what our Constitution's all about. It has nothing to do with the Constitution. Go ahead. Same. After, they, after Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, they said Biden should release his list. It's no wonder the Trump campaign asked that I release the list only after she passed away. But it turns out to be a lie. Steve Ducey on Fox pointed out that actually on September 9th, the President of the United States publicly... So we all saw it. Challenge Joe Biden to release his list. And so this Joe Biden, he has moral indignation. He knows when to get dramatic and raise his voice or squint his eyes. And he's a liar. He is pathological. A serial liar. Go ahead. It's a game for them. It's not a game for them. We, the people, want to know what's on your list. We're the ones who are voting. What's the secret? The secret is, ladies and gentlemen, they intend to rule with the iron fist. This is what they do. The hard left. And in some truly aggressive, oppressive regimes... Castro comes to power, he's supposed to be the great Democrat. Chavez comes to power, he's supposed to be the great Democrat. The Islamo-Nazis in Tehran come to power, they're supposed to really be for the people, get rid of the Shah of Iran, and case after case after case. There comes Mao out of the hills, a man of the people, a man who kills 60 million people. And you go on about the Russian Revolution. Whether it's an aggressive totalitarianism or a soft totalitarianism, it's totalitarianism nonetheless. The reason why Joe Biden won't release the names has nothing to do with the Constitution. Nothing to do with Donald Trump. Everything to do with you. Because he doesn't want you to know who he has in mind. And that list was prepared for him by Schumer, by hardcore radical law professors, by trial lawyers, And he's keeping it secret from you in a republic. But they intend to massively expand the Supreme Court, so there's going to be a whole bunch of them. Now, by the way, a few years back when Obama was president and Harry Reid was the majority leader in the Senate, they had a minority quote-unquote vote on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, often called the second most powerful court because it's in Washington, Regulations and laws first go through that court. All kinds of issues involving intelligence, national security, federal law enforcement go through that court. Separation of powers issues go through that court. 
But Obama didn't like the fact that a majority of the justice of the uh, judges on that court were constitutionalists. So you know what they did, Mr. Producer? They added three seats. Harry Reid and the Democrats added three seats to that circuit court. Obama appointed three Obama judges to that court. Now they have a majority. They packed the most powerful, the second most powerful, but the most powerful circuit court in the country. They packed it. This is who they are. This is exactly who they are. Go ahead. Gin up emotions and anger. Gin up emotions and anger? Mr. Biden, why don't you just release your list and cut out your BS? It's not about emotions and anger. It's not about checks and balances. It's not about the Constitution. It's not about President Trump. It's about you. Release the list. But he won't. Because that list contains names that would appall you. That would absolutely appall. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. They all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. For some reason, AOC, who three years ago was mixing martinis, is now a constitutional expert. But she despises the founding of this nation. She despises the nation. Surely she must despise everything associated with it. And of course she does. Now, she's pretty much a punk. I went to college with people like this and law school with people like this. She's pretty much a punk. And if she doesn't get her way, she has a temper tantrum. And for her, a temper tantrum would be impeaching the president and the attorney general if Joe Biden doesn't get to pick the individual who will go on the Supreme Court. But I want you to keep something in mind. The Democrats have already put their marker down. If they win the Senate, regardless of what the Republicans do here with the court, they're going to expand the court and load it up with leftists. So tens of millions of Americans will no longer believe that the Supreme Court is anything but a Democrat Politburo. And that's what the Democrats want to do. They want to uh, increase their numbers in the Senate, not legitimately, but illegitimately. 
They want to eliminate the legislative filibuster. So you can see this is a a full-throated attempt at the Democrat Party. Please listen to how I'm framing this. The Democrat Party taking over the nation, permanently taking over the government. They looked at what they did in California, and they're borrowing from California. California gave us Ronald Reagan. California went for George H.W. Bush the first time he ran. And in a matter of a few years, California is now the deepest of the deep blue states. They've destroyed the state. And it doesn't matter how many elections you have. You can't break through anymore because they changed the electoral process, which is exactly what they're doing this November. You have to decide how strongly you love this country. And you'll say, I love it, I'm going to vote. That's not enough. You're going to vote? That's easy. That's easy. How about your parents and your grandparents? How about your kids and your grandkids, assuming they're of age? How about your neighbors and your colleagues? I do understand the intimidation effort that's going on. Where if you wear the red MAGA hat, or if you wear the shirt, or you put a sign on your lawn, or if you talk to a neighbor, that there's efforts to intimidate you and so forth. But there are many, many people out there who you can talk to. Don't waste your time with the diehards and the brain dead. Don't bother that. That's not going to get you anywhere. You know exactly who I'm talking about. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at a press conference yesterday with Chuck Schumer. Now, she has nothing to do with this process. She's in the House of Representatives. But she's been elevated by the media. She's a useful idiot, or useless idiot. And here's what she had to say. Cut four, go. You mentioned being open to all ideas to buy time. Would you be in support of potentially renewing talks of So here we have a reporter asking her if she would support acting to remove the president or the vice for impeachment 43 days before presidential election. George Stephanopoulos did the same thing with Eva Pelosi. And recall the first round of impeachment, the media was also the primary uh, force promoting impeachment of the president of the United States. These are all Democrats. George Stephanopoulos is a lowlife. He's been a lowlife a long time, from the time he was head of the war room for Clinton, putting out the most awful information about women uh, who Clinton molested and abused. But somehow he escaped the Me Too movement. Because he's a useful idiot now, too. Go ahead. No, I think um, I, I believe that certainly there has been an enormous amount of law breaking in the Trump administration. I believe that Attorney General Barr is unfit for office and um, and that he has pursued potentially law breaking behavior. That being said, um, this is these are procedures that are and decisions that are largely up to House Democratic leadership. But um, but I believe that also we we must consider, again, all of the tools available to our disposal, and that all of, all of these options should be entertained and on the table. So here we have the inmates in the asylum in control. Yes, I think all the uh, tools 
should be available at our disposal. They're there. We know what the options are. They should all be entertained and on the table. So you remove a president and attorney general with with whom you disagree by just saying you believe they've committed crimes. She would have made a terrific executioner in Stalin's regime. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? Would have been great. First she'd pour them some drinks and then off with their heads. Or she would have been great during the French Revolution. Running one of those guillotines that worked day and night and day and night against those with whom she would disagree. Perfect. Then there's Eric Holder. Eric Holder is an absolute pathetic disgrace, and he has been for his entire useless career. Cut seven, go. You would put in place, if this is allowed to uh, happen, a a six to three court. A six Uh, to three court, ladies and gentlemen. Do you find John Roberts as part of that six? Or Gorsuch all the time? There's no no five to four court or five to three court right now. So what he simply means is justices who are nominated by Republicans. The block on the court that marches in goose step perfectly like a marching band will be the three remaining left-wing activists on the court. Those that were appointed by Republicans, they don't always march in the same direction. The Chief Justice, sometimes he marches in a circle backwards. And he's known to do that more and more. Go ahead. With all the issues that you have talked about, you would have a conservative majority on the court, illegitimate conservative majority on the court. So now the conservative majority would be illegitimate. This man was former Attorney General and Deputy Attorney General of the United States. And you see, ladies and gentlemen, unless they destroy and control the Supreme Court, then it's illegitimate. Unless they win the presidential election, it's illegitimate. See how it works? Unless you defy the Constitution and deliver them a Supreme Court justice, it's illegitimate. So what do they want to do to make it legitimate? Pack the court, eliminate the filibuster rule, and pack the Senate. Now everything's legitimate. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. 
I love them. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Now, you know what a freak show the Drudge Report is. It's getting freaker by the moment. It's a real crap website, which is why most of you don't go there, which is why it's lost 40% of its following. I predict within the next 12 to 24 months, it'll probably fold. And if it doesn't fold, it'll be irrelevant, even more irrelevant than it is today. The up-and-coming sites include, and I don't list all of them because I can't. There's too many of them. The Bongino Report. The Blaze. Of course, Breitbart. Instapundent. Right Scoop. Now I'm in trouble, Mr. Producer. You start to name them, but there are several that are really excellent. Then there's Media Matters, which is a, I call it a criminal front group because it's clearly violating Internal Revenue Code procedures as a nonpartisan charitable organization, which just tries to destroy uh, conservative media. This is what I meant earlier when I talk about the Marxists and the totalitarians. But they're also on these channels. For instance, Jeffrey Tubin, who is really a reprobate. According to Mediaite, he calls Democrats wimps for not pushing hard enough over the Supreme Court appointment and encourages street protests. So you have the legal analyst at CNN encouraging street protests. And he doesn't mean protests. We all know what's meant by protests. Now the site Mediaite in and of itself is a hate Trump site. It's a left-wing kook site, and it's founded by Dan Abrams, who's the legal analyst for ABC News. And you see him on these various cable shows where he's pro-cop, or he's got shows about what's going on in courtrooms, and he tries to come across like a regular guy, temperate guy. And he's popping off. He says... They cheated in 2016, meaning Republicans. Dan Abrams calls out GOP flip-flop on Supreme Court nomination. So you've got a lot of uh, analysts on these networks who are frauds. Dan Abrams, you're a fraud. Why people watch your stupid-ass shows on cable, I'll never know. And that thing on his head is glued to his head. Like father, like son. I don't know what the problem is. Bald is beautiful, except when you're in Abrams, apparently. They must have oddly shaped heads. I don't know. Maybe they got a Gorbachev thing going on up there, you know, sort of a West Virginia birthmark. I I don't know. But I'm starting to think the glue from his rather significant toupee is leaking into his brain tissue. Dan Abrams is a coward. He hides behind his sight, and he hides behind his ABC News affiliation, And then he comes off, oh, what a goody guy on cable. He's a reprobate, just so you know. Now, the new new media burp, and there's so many of them, uh, like this CNN's Kyler, wants to know from this White House official, hey, where's your health care proposal? Where's your health care proposal? Where is it? Where's your health care proposal? Hey, idiot. It's called the private sector. There is no grand plan. Maybe they have one coming. But it's called doctors and nurses and hospitals and private insurance. 
That's the plan. Kyler. Kyler. What kind of stupid name is Kyler? Is that with a K or a C? Kyler. K-E-I-L-A-R. These morons at CNN, they're handed their talking points. So these cable channels have done enormous damage to this country. With the phony legal analysts, the clowns like Kyler. And you know, I'm good friends. Well, not good friends, but I know them and I like them. Judge Andrew Napolitano, he's the senior judicial analyst as opposed to the junior judicial analyst at Fox. And we don't always agree, but that's the great thing about those of us who work at Fox. We're not at CNN and MSNBC. We don't wear boots. We don't march to music. But he says the president would be playing with fire on the Supreme Court push, be World War III of political battles. Is that a legal analysis? It doesn't sound like a legal analysis. World War III. I see. So if the president makes a nomination and the Senate acts, we have World War III. Therefore, the president shouldn't act? He should just comply with what Joe Biden wants to do because Joe Biden would like to make the appointment and Schumer would like Joe Biden to make the appointment. What, what kind of... You see, all throughout the last several years, the newsrooms in this country have been wrong, wrong, wrong. Dan Abrams and this guy Tubin, they're not legal analysts. They're political analysts. They really are. I think Napolitano tries. I don't always agree with him. But the other two are hacks. Just straight up. Democrat Party hacks. But I would say to my good friend the judge, World War III... Sometimes you have to fight for what's right. And that includes the Constitution. If there's World War III, which is not a legal analysis, it's just a a commentary, which is fine, then you have to determine who's responsible for it. And I would suggest to my friend, the senior judicial analyst, and to many of you, to read the editorial in yesterday's Wall Street Journal. It's fantastic. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schubert is widely reported to have told his Democratic colleagues that nothing is off the table for next year if Republicans confirm a Supreme Court nominee in this Congress. He means this as a threat that Democrats will break the filibuster and pack the court with more justices in 2021 if they take control of the Senate in November's election. So what else is new? Democrats have a long history of breaking procedural norms on judges. In other words, World War III every day for the Democrats. While packing the court would be their most radical decision to date, it would fit their escalating pattern. Let's review the modern historical lowlights to see which party has really been the political norm breaker. The Bork assault. When Ronald Reagan selected Robert Bork in 1987, the judge was among the most qualified ever nominated. No less than Joe Biden had previously said he might have to vote to confirm him. Then Ted Kennedy issued his demagogic assault from the Senate floor, complete with lies about women forced in the back alley abortions and blacks who would have to sit at segregated lunch counters. Democrats in the press then unleashed an unprecedented political assault. Previous nominees who had failed in the Senate were suspected of corruption, like Abe Fortas. 
or thought unqualified like Harold Carswell. Bork was defeated because of distortions about his jurisprudence. This began the modern era of hyper-politicized judicial nominations, though for the Supreme Court it has largely been a one-way partisan street. No Democratic nominee has been borked, to use the name that became a verb, even Justice Sonia Sotomayor, whose left-wing legal views were obvious upon her nomination. She received a respectful Republican hearing, was confirmed 68 to 31, with nine Republican votes. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg confirmed 96 to 3. Stephen Breyer, who had been a Kennedy aide, approved 87 to 9. Elena Kagan, a Clinton hack. I mean, uh, 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 solicitor. 63 to 37. Democrats, meanwhile, escalated to character assassination. uh, Clarence Thomas was unfairly smeared on the eve of a Senate vote and barely confirmed. Democrats accused Samuel Alito of racism and sexism for belonging to decades earlier to an obscure Princeton alumni group. Democrats promoted the uncorroborated claims of women accusers against Brett Kavanaugh from his high school and college years. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse undertook a deep dive into the justice's high school yearbook. This treatment has become the real Democrat Party norm. I hope these judicial analysts are listening. Filibustering appointees. It's mostly forgotten now, but in George W. Bush's first term, Senate Democrats pioneered the use of the filibuster to block nominees to the circuit courts. I told you this last week, and I underscored it today. That was also unprecedented. Michael Estrada was left hanging for 28 months before he withdrew, though he had support from 55 senators. A 2001 Judiciary Committee memo to Senator Dick Durbin was candid in urging opposition to Estrada because, quote, he is Latino, unquote, and couldn't be allowed to reach the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals lest he later become a candidate for the United States Supreme Court. Democrats also filibustered or otherwise blocked appellate nominees Priscilla Owen, Janice Rogers Brown, Charles Pickering Sr., Henry Syed, Carolyn Cool, William Pryor, David McKee, Richard Griffin, and William Myers, among others. Now, this violation of norms was stopped only after the Republicans regained the majority and threatened to change the Senate rules. A handful of senators in both parties then negotiated a deal to vote for nominees except in extraordinary circumstances. Republicans did not unilaterally break the filibuster for judicial nominees. Breaking the filibuster for appellate nominees, that norm breaker was executed by Democrats in 2013, led by then-Majority Leader Harry Reid with enthusiastic support of Barack Obama. Democrats rewrote Senate rules in mid-Congress on a party-line vote to add three seats, as I've been pointing out, to the D.C. Circuit. The goal was to stack that court with liberals who would rubber-stamp Obama's pen-and-phone regulatory dictates. Those liberals have done that numerous times, while sometimes blocking President Trump's deregulatory rulemakings. So those three new judges have undermined this president. But the political cost has been high, as we warned at the time, writes the Wall Street Journal. Harry Reid's precedent allowed Republican leader Mitch McConnell to do the same when Democrats tried to filibuster Neil Gorsuch. The Republican majority can now confirm Mr. Trump's next nominee with 51 votes. You see, I'm just telling my friend uh, Napolitano, World War III has been going on, brother. Where have you been? It's been going on for decades. 
Urged on by the progressive media, Democrats are now vowing that they'll break the 60-vote legislative filibuster rule to add two or even four new justices to the Supreme Court next year for a total of 11 or 13 Supreme Court justices. But they've already been saying this for months. Barack Obama gave the green light when he used John Lewis's funeral to call for the filibuster. He called it as a Jim Crow relic. Never mind that as a senator, he endorsed the filibustering of Mr. Alito. Well, I guess he supports Jim Crow then. Mr. Whitehouse and four colleagues explicitly threatened in an amicus brief to the court that they would restructure if justices ruled the wrong way. You see the tyrants on the left, the totalitarians? Republicans could surrender and not confirm a nominee, and Senate Democrats would still break the filibuster. Court packing would then become a sword hanging over the justices if they rule contrary to the policy views of the Senate leaders. And it goes on and on and on. The Democrats have been destroying this court for 33 years. And the final knife to the heart will be the packing of the court. World War III has been going on for 33 years. Now they just want to finish it off, once and for all. And if the Democrats win, that is exactly what they intend to do. I'll be right back. You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, they all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA, because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. Next hour, I'm going to confront again what Joe Biden has said about the president and the deaths from the coronavirus, what Joe Biden has said about the president and the military. They think these are hot topics, and Joe Biden is, Joe Biden has always been a sleazeball. He has always been a sleazeball, and he still is. He still is. Jose! Dallas, Texas, the great WPAP. Jose, go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. Uh, you know, I've, I've always wondered about the Soviet Union, and, uh, you know, I'm a big history buff, and I've always wondered about the people and, like, how did they let themselves get, you know, how did they get themselves into that Soviet Union situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, you've been laying it out very clearly, you know. Uh, when we see these politicians, especially on the left, they are, uh, it's party first. Everything is party first. It's like whatever the party says, mm-hmm. everybody seems to fall right in line. We see it with, um, with uh, governors. We see it with mayors. It's party, party, party. You know, Jose, now, they'll trash the flag. They'll trash the national anthem. They'll trash the country. 
they never trash their party. Nope. Ever. And there, and, and see, I'm a Latino, um, and uh, I, I can say this as a Latino is the left is counting on me as a Latino, my ignorance, you know, to the Constitution, to law and order and history and, and you know, philosophy and these things. And, and, and they're counting on my ignorance to try to gain my vote. But see, I've been Tea Party since the get-go, and Tea Party never dies. We've been God at this you. battle. This is, like you said, World War Three. It's calling all stations, you know. It's all and you, and you know what's interesting to me is many uh, Hispanics in this country, they escape tyranny. They tend, these tin-pot dictators, crime, socialism, and came to the United States. Aren't the Democrats offering the same damn thing? <laughs> exactly. And what's confusing is the folks that they, they somehow, or maybe because of the media, it's like they seem to be allowing themselves, I don't know if that's the right wording, but they're allowing themselves to be um, uh, suckered into thinking about, you know, uh, I'm, I'm never going to succeed because I'm brown or because First I'm... First of all, you're I'm, terrific. I got to go because it's the top of the hour. We'll have another hour. But you also have propaganda machines like Univision, you know. Thank you, Jose. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Our number, 877 well, okay, I'm getting an enormous number of uh, happy birthdays. It is my birthday today. I want to thank all of you. Uh, and uh, I don't want to really obsess over it. It is what it is. I had no control over it. I'm just glad it exists. Uh, but I want to thank you all, family, friends, and you are my big family out there too. And so, Mr. Producer, my wife says, what would you like for dinner on your birthday? You know what I told her? A couple of hot dogs and baked beans. What? A couple of hot dogs and baked beans. You don't have to eat a big meal every night. You know, it's funny. She's very health conscious. Unfortunately, I'm not as health conscious. Um, the kids are health conscious, too. And we'll go to a restaurant. That's hilarious. And uh, they're very careful. They'll study the menu and what about this and this and so forth and so on. And you know what I always say, Mr. Producer? By my calculation, looking at the actuarial charts, I've got over 28,000 meals left in me. Now think about that. Right? You figure three a day. Over a thousand a year, maybe I'll live another twenty eight. You just round it off. I said, Who gives a damn? 
If I don't like it, there's always tomorrow, right? 28,000 meals left. And her answer is, well, that doesn't mean you have to have a bad meal. Of course not. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I want to thank you all for your very kind greetings. I appreciate it. There's two things Biden's doing right now that I find unconscionable. And really, if you're a thoughtful person and you put politics aside, you should find it uh, contemptible as well. Joe Biden is now accusing the President of the United States. We've talked about this, but I want to hit it again. Every single death related to the coronavirus is Trump's fault because he didn't take it seriously. What is that based on? A book by Bob Woodward. You and I lived through this, folks. We watched what the president did. We watched what his scientific advisors and medical advisors and other experts did. We watched the task force. They spoke to us every single day. We know that they filled the gaps in the states with ventilators and hospital beds and respirators and PPE. We know that, in fact, so successful was the president in this regard, we have more ventilators and respirators and PPE than we even need So we're letting other countries use it. The President of the United States provided thousands and thousands of hospital beds. It turns out they weren't needed either. And then we saw the decisions by heavily populated uh, states with uh, Democrat governors who were killing their own people by shoving corona-positive patients in nursing homes where you have elderly, frail people with comorbidities. We've seen this government react like no other government in modern history. Obama-Biden failed miserably when it came to the swine flu, H1N1. Failed miserably. Says a top witness, the chief of staff to Joe Biden. They never got a vaccine on time, let alone produced enough of them. PPEs and all the rest. They had Fauci as their top infectious disease advisor, too. I don't remember any daily press conference telling us what's going on, coordination with governors, coordination with the private sector, use of the defense production, and none of that was taking place. And Joe Biden failed. Even political, a left-wing site says Joe Biden failed, pretty much. And they lay it out, chapter and verse. As the President of the United States was trying to get his hands around this early on, China was lying. So we had disinformation and misinformation. They were trying to remove him from office. Hey, should we call John Bolton as a witness? That was going on and on and on. Even the media were downplaying this entire thing. The media downplayed it. It's no big thing. Fauci downplayed it. It's no big thing. Nancy Pelosi and Biden downplayed it. It was no big thing. The president took it very seriously, not just with China and Europe and shutting our borders with them. But he started up the entire Leviathan, the federal Leviathan, and brought in the private sector. And we did things this country hasn't done since World War II. And so they're trying to turn that as a failure on the president and accuse him of all the deaths. I ask you, your families in New York, in New Jersey, in Illinois, in Michigan, in California, and the rest, who was it that made the decisions? If you had parents and grandparents in these nursing homes, who was it that made the decisions that resulted in the death of your family members? 
President of the United States didn't put out any directive. It was the governors. And Joe Biden has yet to criticize one of those governors or the policy. And yet in the so-called polls, he has a higher rating on how he would respond to the coronavirus than the President of the United States. His response is to do nothing. It's to sit in the cheap sheets or in the basement, shoot spitballs every time the president and his experts try to address this. He sits there and second guesses them. And now he's degrading the possibility soon of a vaccine. In record time. There's not another government on the face of the earth, another leader on the face of the earth who has acted more quickly more effectively and more efficiently than our president. So here's Biden at a CNN town hall last week. And he continues to say this without challenge. Cut 12, go. And if he, if the president had done his job, had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. Now, you know, when you look across the world, millions of people have died. When you look across the world, every advanced industrialized country, there's been an enormous amount of death. But only Donald Trump, you see, didn't act fast enough. And had he acted fast enough, all these people in the United States would be alive. All this talk from Cuomo about federalism, I'll make the decisions. No longer do we hear that. This is the biggest lie of the big lies, frankly, In decades. And he gets away with it. He's not challenged. It's appalling. Does that mean because he's president of the United States, everybody who dies from cancer, that's his fault? Well, what about Biden when he was vice president of the United States? Guy's been around half a century. Look at all the people who've died from cancer, from heart disease, from strokes, from heart attacks. From diabetes, from suicide, from dementia, on and on and on. I guess that's on Joe Biden. But Joe Biden has never been asked about these governors. He's never been asked about this policy. This is why they won't let anyone near him. He's like the bubble boy. Remember that story about the bubble boy, Mr. Producer? You might be too young. Well, Biden's the bubble man. Gets up there in front of his teleprompter, mumbles through it, and then starts to raise his voice and look really serious. Had he done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. Nobody believes that. Everybody knows that is a massive lie, and yet he keeps it up. So apparently we're surrounded by idiots in this country who actually believe this claptrap. You know, Joe makes a good point, that Joe. Go ahead. All the people, I'm not making this up, just look at the data. Yes, you are making it up. We did look at the data. You're an idiot. Is he like regressing to pre-puberty? You know what I mean? Is he like coming full circle, this guy? He's starting to talk like a two-year-old? Anyway, go ahead. Look at the data. And as then, we're now being told... There's going to be no, I pray to God there's a a vaccine tomorrow that could be available to everyone. 
first of all, once a vaccine is made available, and you know this well, once it's made available, it's going to take a long, long time to be able to distribute it throughout the country. You're not going to have 325 million vials to begin with. No, you're not. So what's your point? Should we stop? Should we hit the brakes? What should we do, Joe? What should we do? Does anybody, has anybody seen the Joe Biden plan that's in any way different than the Donald Trump plan? The guy even plagiarizes the Donald Trump plan. What is his plan? We should have acted sooner. The Chinese lie? He's running around having, uh, oh, oh, and the excuse is, well, if Joe Biden knew what Donald Trump knew, he would have acted differently. Now, we know that's a lie. Because even today, he knows what Donald Trump knows, and he's constantly trying to kneecap the president of the United States. You know, imagine this. You have a president who's trying to wrestle this virus to the ground, and we have turned the corner on this virus. Hello, hello, America. We have turned the corner on this virus, no matter how you measure it. And every step of the way, you have Joe Biden throwing mud balls. What's been his contribution? Has he ever said publicly, Joe Biden, you know what, Mr. President, party aside, how may I, the nominee of the Democrat Party, help you? Have you ever heard him say that? Of course not. He's a fool. Absolute fool. Vaccines are in the works, it's obvious. Months ago, the President of the United States let contracts to manufacture these vials and these syringes. Months ago, the President of the United States contracted for the distribution of the vaccines. No, there won't be 325 million ready right away, but there will be millions ready right away, and the President has already said that it needs to go immediately to the most vulnerable. You know, the people that Cuomo and Murphy and Whitner and Newsom and Pritzker Those people who were made even more vulnerable by those Democrat governors, many of whom died, yeah, those are the ones Donald Trump want to save. And they want to give it to first responders. He doesn't need Joe Biden telling him what to do. Joe Biden is a certified idiot. And Joe Biden screwed up the first time. Cut 13, go. It's estimated that 200 million people have died. Probably by the time I finish this talk. You see what I mean? 200 million people have died. He's trying to say 200,000. And it's Trump's fault. If you believe this, really, if you really believe this, there's something seriously wrong with you. Seriously wrong with you. And then he tries his class warfare in the middle of a pandemic. Cut 14, go. Trump is worried that if he told the public the truth... There would be a panic on the financial market. Hey, idiot. There was a panic for toilet paper, for God's sakes. Does he use toilet paper? Does he go outside and look for leaves these days? I don't know what he does. There was panic for toilet paper you couldn't get and hand sanitizers and masks. Even before people knew the full extent of this pandemic, for some reason, toilet paper and milk, they go right off the, hey, hey, we got a pandemic. All right, toilet paper and milk. Well, what does toilet paper have to do? Nothing. Just get it. Toilet paper. So yes, the president's concerned about panic in the markets, panic at the grocery store. But 
it's not like the president was going on and on and on about this. The, the president of the United States, he had his doctors and the scientists from the government, Fauci, probably a Democrat standing right next to him. So it was a big conspiracy, you see, to keep the American people uninformed. You and I weren't uninformed. We knew this was a big problem. I mean, hell, we shut down the economy. We're all wearing masks like it's Halloween every day. The schools are shut down. Wow, what a secret. The president kept it from us. Only Joe Biden missed it. Why? He's in his damn basement. That's why. Go ahead. And that would hurt his chances of being reelected. That's how Donald Trump You know what? I, I can't even listen to this putz. Just can't listen to this anymore. And I have to say, come November 3rd or even thereafter, if he's elected president of the United States, it'll be the dumbest thing the American people have ever done. Ever. Ever. To throw out a man who's truly a great president. Truly a great president for a guy whose spittle is dripping on his loafers. If our country does this, it'll be the gravest mistake in modern history. It'll be shocking. The communist Chinese will be thrilled. The Islamo-Nazis in Iran will be thrilled. The inbred in North Korea will be thrilled. Despite all the propaganda you hear, the dictator in Russia will be thrilled because he figures all these sanctions that Trump's put on him will be lifted. And he knows that they don't have to undermine our military because Joe Biden has undermined our military on its own. And that's the next point I want to get to. Because he keeps mentioning his son, Bo. He never mentions his son, Hunter. Because his son, Hunter, is a crook. And exposes him to criticism on China. But he keeps mentioning his son, Bo. And he keeps mentioning his son, Bo, in the sense that the President of the United States is disrespectful to the military. I want to address this when we come back. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. How many body bags were brought home during the Obama-Biden administration from Afghanistan and Iraq and other parts of the world? He talks about Donald Trump's disrespect for the military. Donald Trump loves the military and he loves the military personnel. How about Biden? Under Biden and Obama, 
This is from Real Clear Defense three years ago. Army of 58 total brigade combat teams, the Army's main combat building block, only three were considered ready for combat. The Navy's fleet is the smallest, or at the time is the smallest it had been in nearly 100 years, which makes ship repairs harder to complete as those vessels are needed on the waterways. And the Marines, 80% of Marine aviation units did not have even the minimum number of aircraft they needed for training and basic operations. The Air Force was the smallest in terms of many of its aircraft, oldest it had ever been. Their service had 8,600 aircraft in 1991. In 2017, when the president finally took over, it only had 5,500. And those aircraft were an average of 27 years old. Worse, fewer than half of those aircraft were prepared to take on and defeat our adversaries. That's the disrespect Joe Biden had for the United States military. And when you throw in the VA, how they basically turn the other cheek at the delays, the deaths, the suicides that were taking place at the Veterans Administration. I have an entire report here. The lives that were cost at the VA as a result of Biden and Obama not acting. It's a sin. So we don't need any lectures from Joe Biden about what the president thinks of the United States military when he's rebuilt the military, when he has fixed the VA, he's improved it across the board for our men and women and personnel, and it was during Obama and Biden when so many of those body bags of those wonderful heroes were being brought home to the United States. I'll be back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, Liberty's General Patton. Call into the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, and we're the only national show doing this, we are bringing people on this program who believe in this country, who believe in our economic system, who believe in our Constitution. A handful of incumbents, but others who are challenging uh, Democrats in what have been Republican districts or marginal districts. And one of the most important members of the House of Representatives, let alone one of the most important elections to watch in the House right now, is that of Lee Zeldin from New York's 1st Congressional District. I'm sure you've seen Lee Zeldin uh, during this uh, Russia fiasco that's been going on. But he's, he, he's more than that. Lee Zeldin, how are you, sir? I'm always happy to be on with you. Thanks, Mark. It's a great pleasure. You're in the 1st 
Congressional District in New York. Tell us what that encompasses. So this is the east end of Long Island. A lot of people would know the district because this is the district that includes the Hamptons. Well, 80% of the voters live west of the Hamptons. It's about eight towns. I live in a small town that almost no no one's heard of called Brookhaven with a population of almost 500,000 people. This is a a district that uh, voted in 2008 and 2012 for President Obama and then swung to a 12-and-a-half-point victory for Donald Trump in 2016. It is a a right-of-center district, but you have a lot of second homeowners who have now decided they're not going back to New York City. They've changed their residence from uh, those those Democratic congressional districts in Manhattan out to the first. So uh, it's more of it's becoming more of a purple district uh, these days, especially over the last several months of people changing registrations. So they leave these blue areas and they come to your district and they still vote blue. They uh, that's that's what's happening. You know, you have a lot of people who. Uh, who are leaving New York City, and they're deciding that they're not going back, uh, and they're, they're registering as Democrats in the suburbs, uh, turning some of these seats from red to blue, and then they're moving down to North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. Uh, and you know, we're talking about some swing states, swing districts uh, elsewhere. But this is happening a lot where a lot of people leaving New York City, re-registering, and they're, they're not looking back. So now your district is a lot tougher, you're telling us. How does it look on the ground there? The, uh, so the district is, uh, from, from one standpoint, I'll tell you from the, the fundraising standpoint, it, it, and this is crazy for a House district. In 2016, uh, we spent about $4.25 million. In 2018, it was 4.75. In 2020, it's going to be at least 6.5 to $7.5 million dollars just on my my reelection campaign committee, not even including what my opponent spends in outside groups, it's uh, it's crazy. On the ground, I'll tell you uh, that I was just out knocking on doors for a couple hours in a place called Lake Grove, uh, and the feedback was outstanding. Um, but you know, there there are people who feel very strongly. They either love their president or they don't. And what's interesting is that in 2016. Uh, you had a lot of people who despised Hillary Clinton, and they don't have that same emotion for Joe Biden. Uh, there are people who don't feel like he's up to the job, uh, folks who will acknowledge that he's been ineffective, uh, and he certainly, in many cases, and you know, I, I believe he's just deteriorating before our eyes. We saw it, him reciting the Pledge of Allegiance with words all over, all over the place. Uh, a little bit earlier, I believe he ended with the words "for real," um, but there's not that hatred towards uh, Hillary Clinton. So th- that emotion—it's really a lot about Donald Trump. Uh, where 2016 was about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And what are the big issues in your district? So we, we strongly support law enforcement. Uh, I am—I come from a law enforcement household. My background's the military. I was deployed to Iraq. Uh, as a paratrooper at the 82nd Airborne Division, I still serve as a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserve, and I happen to be running against someone who calls the police dangerous, who has signed up for that uh, that pledge where they say that instead of sending 
police to domestic violence crime scenes uh, that we should be sending experts, they call them, you know, the non-police. Uh, the, and she was showing up at a Black Lives Matter protest, carrying signs, uh, complaining about the cost of riot gear as if police should be showing up to riots with something other than riot gear. So that's a big issue here, is supporting law enforcement and ensuring that what we are seeing in New York City, Chicago, Portland, Seattle, Kenosha, doesn't spread to other cities and doesn't spread to the suburbs. Uh, beyond that, I would say you know, coronavirus uh, was something that hit us, actually did hit us pretty hard out here. Uh, we had about 80,000 positive cases in the first few weeks. One of the stories that just doesn't get told enough, uh, and I had the opportunity to, to share it during my speech at the Republican National Convention, is that the president and the administration, they delivered a lot for uh, our area uh, and basically, every time we were going to them asking for for anything, whether it was PPE, it was for testing approvals, thousands of ventilators, and more, uh, they were doing whatever they could to assist, and we were grateful for it. By the way, even Governor Cuomo called the president's response phenomenal until you know November third started catching up and the rhetoric changed. So, but I would say that that's top of mind. Recovery as businesses reopen. Uh, and schools getting back to in-person learning, uh, that that people are focused about that uh, on that as well. But they, I think that it, that people care about the soul of our country, uh, and and they're just they're seeing this crossroads that that we're facing. And there's that belief in our little corner of America here, just like congressional districts all over the rest of the country, that between now and November third. We can't take anything for granted. We can't approach with any attitude like losing is an option here. Uh, so while we have those specific issues that I mentioned, there's definitely that awareness uh, and that motivation uh, and that love of country, freedoms, liberties, flag, constitution that is a big motivator and just wanting to fight for the heart and soul of our country and making sure that we don't lose. What is your opponent's name? Uh, her name is uh, Nancy Goroff. What is her background? Uh, her background: she is a professor. Uh, she is at a. She's been at a local university, uh, and has worked there for a long time. Uh, a big bundler for uh, causes like uh, the Union of Concerned Scientists that's been pushing the, the Green New Deal. Uh, she was a national fundraiser for this. Uh, organization that that you're familiar with called uh, J Street, which you know, even though my opponent uh, is Jewish, it's two very different approaches towards uh, supporting Israel. Where I believe it was amazing to withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal and move the embassy and and these historic peace agreements that are out there and recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. You have this organization, J, J Street, that works against. This administration trying to do absolutely everything in its power to strengthen the U.S.-Israel relationship, even though it claims to be a pro-Israel organization. Uh, so those are a couple causes that she's involved in. Uh, and but her background occupationally uh, is you know, primarily working at this local university. Just what we need, uh, more professors. Let me ask you this: uh, Has she criticized Governor Cuomo or Mayor uh, De Blasio for? Their decision, their horrific decision to put uh, coronavirus positive patients in nursing homes and assisted living homes? I'm not aware of my opponent having criticized uh, anyone on the Democratic side of the aisle with regards to anything ever. 
Uh, and that's that's a problem. I mean, it, it points like this right now where the, the feckless leadership that we are witnessing in these cities elsewhere is because in the, their radical activist base, these elected officials, these politicians, are, are seeing the reward of votes and power and perks and prestige by instead of leading their base uh, to not have crazy opinions and to do crazy things. Instead, they're being led by it. Uh, and w- one of the other issues with some of the elected officials and, uh, and candidates who are running for office elsewhere is that you're not seeing the leadership of being willing to call balls and strikes accurately and just tune off uh, you know, whatever you might be seeing from, as you pointed out, a deadly nursing home policy that came from the governor or this de Blasio's defund the police uh, approach in that city that's leading to violence towards cops, uh, that's leading towards mass uh, uh, retirement packets being submitted, even even suicides. Uh, my opponent was actually asked during a screening with the local uh, law enforcement uh, whether or not she's uh, would be willing to condemn the violence targeting police, and she refused to condemn uh, that violence. So that's what we are up against. And I'll tell you, I have a lot of colleagues um, who are in the Republican conference who are running for re-election, amazing challengers, uh, many of them you've brought on to your program, uh, who are running. And the contrast has never been clearer than what we're seeing right now in these House races, where in the past... You know, it's kind of, it's tough for a voter where you feel like you have a choice between two candidates and you can't really tell the difference between them. Well, the Democrats have gone so far left that the choice is crystal clear in many of these races as to what it means. Do you want to gavel on, you know, in Pelosi's hand and Schiff and Max? I serve on the Financial Services Committee with Maxine Waters and the Judiciary Committee. Do you want Nadler to have his gavel? Or do we want to do, do we want to turn it over? Because the only thing, there's only one thing that the House Democrats know that they would want to accomplish if they're in the majority and Donald Trump is serving a second term, and that's to make Donald Trump the first president to be impeached twice. If that's all that they know of what they're going to do with their power, they don't deserve to have that gavel in their hand in the first place. The House Democrats have done nothing to help with this virus. I mean, the virus itself. They've done nothing. The, uh, the Senate Democrats have done nothing. Joe Biden sits there in his basement, shoots spitballs every time the President of the United States is trying to advance the ball in the battle with this uh, and wrestle the virus to the ground. He turns around and accuses the President of killing 200,000 people. We've never heard rhetoric like this. Your opponent sounds like a quintessential leftist, a, uh, an out-of-touch professor uh, who will do exactly what Nancy Pelosi and the radical Democrats want her to do. You're an 82nd Airborne veteran, the Iraq War. Uh, more than that, you've been an outstanding member of the uh, New York legislature, an outstanding member of the House of Representatives with an excellent record. You are not only pro-American, you've been very pro-American, is America and Israel. J Street, for my listeners, and most of them know, is this repulsive organization that uses its Jewish membership and its Jewish uh, uh, sort of uh, organization, that's the way it labels itself, to undermine the state of Israel, to literally undermine the state of Israel. And that's who's backing her. It's really outrageous. If people want to help you, 
either in your district on Election Day or all over the country to give you some support, where do they go? My website is zeldenforcongress.com, on Twitter at Lee Zeldin, on Facebook as well. Anyone, whether they're on Long Island listening to your show or anyone from around the country, uh, can get involved by by going to our website, Uh, whether you're able to volunteer or you're able to send a couple of dollars to get our message out. 100% of what we're raising at this point, 100% of what we're raising goes directly towards more TV, uh, more digital ads just to get our message out and win on November 3rd. Losing, as I mentioned earlier, losing is not an option. And the airtime there is extremely expensive. It's the most expensive in the country. So it's zeldinforcongress.com, Z-E-L-D-I-N, zeldinforcongress.com. I happen to know you personally. I know you're a fantastic individual as well as member of Congress. And uh, I just hope all the Levinites out there step up wherever you are all over the country. Remember, Congressmen vote on our issues, regardless of where they are from. That's Z-E-L-D-I-N for Congress.com. Lee, good luck, my friend. Thank you. It's always great to be with you, and uh, thank you to all of your loyal listeners for uh, listening to Truly the Great One. Thank you, Lee. Take care. And we'll have his, his, uh, his site on my sites, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, Mark Levin Show Parlor. And if his opponent wants to come on the show, she's welcome. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. This is the problem. You have Democrats fleeing Democrat areas of the country, going to Republican areas of the country, and voting Democrat. This happened in my own county, which was uh, Rock Rib Red, Loudoun County, Virginia. Now, Democrats come here from Washington, D.C., and Maryland, and they vote Democrat. They vote Democrat. So they escape taxes, they escape crime, they escape whatever it is that they're leaving, And they vote for exactly the same thing in these Republican areas. That's why we're losing some states. That's why we're losing uh, these suburbs. That's why we're losing uh, some of these districts. That's exactly what's going on. As these blue areas depopulate and the people through mobility go into red areas, they like the low taxes and they vote for Democrats. There is a schizophrenia here that is extremely damaging to the country. I call them locusts. May I call them locusts, Mr. Producer? So I've been watching, uh, we've been watching these riots in Portland and other places in the country. It's sickening. 
John Locke once said, law is not to abolish or restrain, but to preserve and enlarge freedom. Where there is no law, there is no freedom. You want to let uh, rioters burn down your cities? There goes your freedom. You want to get rid of cops? There goes your freedom. You want to elect Joe Biden? There goes your freedom. Well, I feel that we've covered a lot of territory on this program today. We've had to delve into some history and some philosophy. But we've also, I believe, hit very, very hard the events that are going on with respect to our country. The Supreme Court of the Democrat Party wants to take over our country. This is the greatest power grab we've seen, in my opinion, since the Civil War. You've got to make calls. You've got to talk to your friends and neighbors and family. You've got to make sure they're registered. And you've got to turn out in mass. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And you... My beloved audience, Levinites, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.